this episode, we're going to continue taking a look at the 5,000 year leap. This episode, we're going to cover the first four principles of the Founding Fathers out of the 28 principles. Principle number one, the genius of natural law. Principle number two, a virtuous and moral people. Principle number three, virtuous and moral leaders. And finally, principle number four, the role of religion. So let's dive into these first four and see what our founders had in mind. First principle, the only reliable basis for sound government and just human relations is natural law. Most modern Americans have never studied natural law. They are therefore mystified by the constant reference to natural law by the Founding Fathers. It was Cicero who cut sharply through the political stigmatism and philosophical errors of both Plato and Aristotle to discover the touchstone for good laws. Some government and the long-range formula for happy relations. In the founders' roster of great political thinkers, Cicero was high on the list. First of all, Cicero defines natural law as true law. Then he says, true law is right reason in agreement with nature. It is of universal application, unchanging and everlasting. It summons to duty by its commands and averts from wrongdoing by its prohibitions It is a sin to try to alter this law, nor is it allowable to repeal any part of it, and it is impossible to abolish it entirely. We cannot be freed from its obligations by senate or people, and we need not look outside ourselves for an expounder or interpreter of it and there will not be different laws at Rome and at Athens or different laws now and in the future. But one eternal and unchangeable law will be valid for all nations and all times, and there will be one master and one ruler, that is God, over us all. For he is the author of this law. So, to Cicero, it was an obvious and remarkable thing that man had endowed with, has been endowed with a rich quality of mind that does not exist among, among other forms of life except in the most minuscule proportions 
between man and other creatures, there is a gigantic gap insofar as mental processes are concerned. So natural law is a law that is just of natural forces in the universe. It is unchanging. No man can change these laws. For instance, if a man is hungry and he sees food, that man will eat that food no matter what it takes. He will die to try to eat that food. It's natural law. He's hungry. He sees food. He's going to eat it. That's just one example of natural law. So, another thing that we have to realize is Cicero, he he expands on the Ten Commandments. So, check out the writings of Cicero and dive into what natural law is and how much natural law truly affects your life today. The second principle, a free people cannot survive under a republican constitution unless they remain virtuous and morally strong. Modern Americans have long since forgotten the heated and sometimes violent debates which took place in the 13 colonies between 1775 and 1776 over the issue of morality. For many thousands of Americans, the big question of independence hung precariously on the single slender thread of whether or not the people were sufficiently virtuous and moral to govern themselves. Self-government was generally referred to as republicanism and it was universally acknowledged that a corrupt and selfish people could never make the principle of republicanism operate successfully. As Franklin wrote, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. What is public virtue? Morality is identified with the Ten Commandments and obedience to the Creator's mandate for right conduct. But the early Americans identified public virtue as a very special quality of human maturity and character and service closely akin to the Golden Rule. One of the most strident voices in the debate was Thomas Paine, whose common sense had been a bestseller. He followed up his initial success with other writings assuring Americans they were ripe for independence. He pointed out that most of the people were industrious, frugal, and honest. He added that few Americans 
had been corrupted with riches the way people had been debilitated in Europe where all they wanted was luxury, indolence, amusement, and pleasure. Furthermore, there was a spirit of equality and public virtue unheard of in other nations because the people of America are a people of prosperity. Almost every man is freeholder. the tide of reform. Many Americans became extremely self-conscious about their lack of public virtue because of non-involvement in the affairs of government. They began to acknowledge their obsession with self-interest, the neglect of public affairs, and for the need of the community as a whole, a spirit of sacrifice and reform became manifest in all 13 colonies. It is only in the historical context that the modern American can appreciate the profound degree of anxiety which the founders expressed concerning the quality of virtue and morality in their descendants. They knew that without these qualities, the constitution they had written and the republican system of government which it provided could not be maintained. As James Madison said, Is there no virtue among us? If there be not, we are in a wretched situation. Interesting words about morals and virtue. The third principle most promising method of securing a virtuous and morally stable people is to elect virtuous leaders. Samuel Adams pointed out a sobering fact concerning our political survival as a free people when he said, but neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberties and happiness of a people whose manners are universally corrupt. He therefore is the truest friend to the liberty of his country who tries most to promote its virtue and who so far as his power and influence extend, will not suffer a man to be chosen into any office of power and trust who is not a wise and virtuous man. He then went on to say that public officials should not be chosen if they are lacking experience, training, 
proven virtue and demonstrate wisdom. The founders recognize human nature for what it is, a mixture of good and evil. They reasoned that if people are to govern themselves and have the best possible government, then a political process should be developed through which the wisest, the most experienced, and the most virtuous can precipitate to the surface and elected to public office. Actually, mankind has no sensible opinion, as Madison said, if men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. formula for producing leaders of character and virtue. A modern American cannot read the writings of men such as Jefferson, Adams, Franklin, or Washington without feeling a certain sense of pride that the United States produced and had available leaders of this supreme quality to launch the first noble experience for experiment for freedom in modern times. The fourth and final principle of this episode, without religion, the government of a free people cannot be maintained. Americans of the 20th century often fail to realize the supreme importance which the Founding Fathers originally attached to the role of religion in the structure of the unique civilization which they hoped would emerge as the first free people in modern times. Many Americans also fail to realize that the Founders felt the role of religion would be as important in our own day as it was in theirs. In 1787, the very year the Constitution was written and approved by Congress, the same Congress passed the famous Northwest Ordinance. In it, they emphasized the essential need to teach religion and morality in the schools. Here is the way they said it. Article 3. Religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind. Schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. Notice that formal education was to introduce among its responsibilities the teaching of three important subjects, religion, morality, and knowledge. Washington describes the founder's position. 
position set forth in the Northwest Ordinance was re-emphasized by President George Washington in his farewell address. Of all the dispositions and habits which led to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supporters. Franklin described five fundamentals of all sound religion. Several of the founding fathers have left us with descriptions of their basic religious beliefs, and Ben Franklin summarized those which he felt were the fundamental points in all sound religion. This is the way he said it in a letter to Ezra Stiles, president of Yale University. Here is my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence, that he ought to be worshipped, that the most acceptable service we render to him is in doing good to his other children, that the soul of man is immortal and will be treated with justice in another life, respecting its conduct in this. These I take to be the fundamental points in all sound religion. So what were those five points? Number one, there exists a creator who made all things, and mankind should recognize and worship him. Number two, the creator was revealed a moral code of behavior for happy living, living which distinguishes rights from wrongs. Number three, the Creator holds mankind responsible for the way they treat each other. Number four, all mankind live beyond this life. Number five, in the next life, mankind are judged for their conduct in this one. So, as we can see, religion was set in a role for America to be basically taught in all schools in America to maintain this morality of its people. So, we should really dive in and study a little bit more about effects of religion being taught in schools and what is happening in the world today. 